CPI continues to absolutely fall off of a cliff, meaning that inflation may have been over six months to a year ago, and the Fed is still tightening. Bitcoin has also been trading in a very tight range. We expected some major volatility, but really didn't get it so far on CPI. It will be interesting to see what the stock market and Bitcoin do throughout the day. I've got Josh Frank here from the Tide to discuss all the data, everything we've got going on today. And then on the back half, of course, Christopher Inks of Texas West Capital to take a look at the charts. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. Yeah, if you listen to Macro Mondays and you listen to Mike McGlone, I don't know if there is a major Great Depression coming, but we've been doing that show for as many months as I can remember at this point, and every time he says, every leading indicator, every forward-looking indicator says that inflation, CPI, PPI, etc., commodities prices, falling off a cliff and that continues to happen now right it's been pretty epic at this point how every single time they drop cpi numbers they come in below expectations you can see it right here breaking june cpi inflation falls to three percent below expectation of 3.1 percent poor cpi inflation fell to 4.8 percent below expectations of five percent this is the first time core CPI has come in below 5% since December 2021. The 26-month battle against inflation may finally be nearing its end. That, when I start hearing that, it means that we're probably going to be at like 10% in six months because if people are declaring it over, it's probably just starting. No, but honestly, it seems like this could have been the case many months ago. I talked yesterday about the fact that jobs data came in like double what was expected. The economy is just actually very, very strong. So maybe, maybe the Fed's just going to keep on tightening. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Josh. We'll discuss everything else that is going on here. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? You always got impeccable hair. Your hair is so much better than my hair. My hair? Yeah, it depends. I, I'm within a week of a haircut. If I like within three days from now, it's going to be totally ruined. What's up with that? Like, I feel like I need to go get a haircut every week, but I end up getting one every That's the three weeks or so. Because if we... Hey, instead of the C- consumer price index, the HCPI, the haircut price index, because we're like up forty percent over the last year. I remember getting a haircut in New York City. A haircut, in New, York haircut New York City, forty bucks these days. Like that's like, a, and you could probably go to a place that's like seventy or eighty. Either way, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I don't go to the. I go to the. I go to the walk-in place with you know the the seven guys there, and whoever's there gives you a haircut. And that's like forty dollars. Yeah. Listen, we got a bunch of things we could talk about here, obviously. I'm just going to go ahead and bring up this news. Crypto traders prepare for Bitcoin volatility as focus shifts to US CPI. Funny, because I obviously I just looked at the tie because I have the five-minute chart on there, which is where it defaults. The volatility was on this CPI news went to 31,000 and down to 30,600. Literally a $400 range was the range was the, was the total of the volatility that we got on this great CPI announcement. Now, we have a whole day to go now, but it almost seems like Bitcoin's just not caring about the economy anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you look, you can see you have your macro futures data right below it, right? Um, you know, if you go scroll down, S&P, NASDAQ futures are up about 1%. Bitcoin on the day is up 1% as well, but on the hour, it's actually down. You know, Bitcoin is up modestly on this announcement, but it hasn't really reacted, whereas... You know, the S and a one percent move on the S and P is more significant than a than a one percent move on Bitcoin. 
that's like a five percent move on Bitcoin, right? <laughs> so, but this article here is saying that uh, we should prepare for volatility. It's kind of like saying that eventually it's going to rain when you're looking at Bitcoin, right? I mean, it's sunny outside for a week. Eventually, you could say, hey, maybe in the next week it'll rain. But they're pointing at the fact that Bollinger bands here are so exceptionally tight. I think it says that the Bollinger bands have only been this tight since January and a handful of times, literally in history. So for anyone who doesn't know, when you're looking at Bollinger Bands, one of the indicators here, when they get this tight, it can stay that big way for a while, but whichever direction it breaks, you expect an exceptionally big move. But like I said, I mean, don't you just know that by the fact that it's basically been trading between 30 and 31,000 for the last few weeks? I mean, the volatility always returns. Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's realized volatility is basically, with the exception of one, maybe one day earlier this year, at its lowest level in the last three years. So it's, it's really, it's really range bounded type. Why do you think that is? I think everyone is waiting to see where the market goes, right? I mean, when we were trying to come up with topics for the show, there's nothing to talk about because nothing's going on, right? And so that's, there's nothing going on from a positive or negative perspective, right? And, and what that means is, you know, I think the market is waiting for something to happen. What the market is really waiting for ha- happen is either one of the ripple lawsuit or the um, or the Bitcoin ETF approval, right? I mean, I think we're kind of in a wait and see mode. We had, you know, look, we had all the SEC lawsuits. The market draw drew, uh, drew down on that. The market decided that didn't really matter for Bitcoin. That was more, you know, altcoins. Then we had obviously the the BlackRock ETF filing. Market pumps back up, especially Bitcoin. Now it's like, okay, the filing happened. Everybody, like, it doesn't matter who else files. If Vanguard and everybody else file tomorrow, at this point, everyone's in. Everyone's in the race, right? matter and so i think at this point the the next big thing that's going to decide where the market comes either one some crypto stupidity because that seems to happen every couple of weeks it's actually amazing how we we've, we've had we could have the multi-chain hack we, we've had a few things but nothing that significant you know hacks here and there is not nothing for crypto um tuesday. yeah it's a tuesday exactly uh, but i think we're waiting for some event right i think it's going to be some event and I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a macro event unless you know the Fed decides not to raise rates or they say we're done raising rates for the year. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a macro event that's going to move the market. I think it's going to be a crypto event and I think it's going to be the ETF decision one way or another because I think if the ETF is not approved, we see a really strong sell-off. The ETF is approved. I still think there's more buying. So we're going to be sideways for a while, which aligns with sort of slow summer seasonal price action anyways. I mean, I mean, it's anecdotal. I can look at the chart, but it feels like every summer you can just go outside and touch grass and ignore this market entirely until September or October. Yeah, I mean, go on vacation, go take some time, chill. I mean, I look, I, I, there, it's crypto, so shit always hits fan. Shit always happens. Something will come. There will be something that happens between now and the ETF decision uh, date. But like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I really think the market is in a wait and see mode. I mean, I think. Look, there's a chance that a few people come in. I think the other thing that could happen as well is some people with inside information know the ETF filing is getting approved and they're going out and they're going to go and start buying. We talked about the Fred Ursam thing, which I don't think is he thinks the ETF is going to get approved necessarily. But Fred Ursam, who is one of the co-founders of Coinbase, has actually been, uh, he, he sold a ton of stock post IPO at $300, $200. He's been buying like absolute crazy uh, $125 million worth. Yeah. he For for reference, he was a co-founder of Coinbase, and now he is the uh, founder and, and managing partner of Paradigm, which is the largest venture fund in crypto. He's very well capitalized. But look at this. I mean, 
May. This is, uh, this is basically, is this is family office or is this personally? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's personally. Either way, it's money. Says relationship director. So, but I'm saying this isn't for Paradigm. This is him personally. Oh, this is him personally. This yeah. Is Paradigm as external capital. Yeah, he's a director at Coinbase. I, that's why it's showing. Oh, right. And and actually, they've showed uh, when you dig into it that you know people have criticized obviously Brian Armstrong for selling, but really he's sold so little in the last year. I think like 16 million dollars worth in total or something. Well, look, but these guys, the insiders. Are, are buying. I mean, you look at the chart. I don't think people realize how, I mean, we can just delete this, but how people realize how big this move is, right? I mean, going back to January, 90 trading at 30 bucks, it's at 90 bucks. Yeah. No, but I mean, if you go back to yeah. January, yeah. yeah, it's a 90% move from the lows in June. Yeah. It's 90% in a month, which is insane, but it's tripled in price this year. Tripled. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, that, if that is look, absolutely insane. If you believe in crypto long term, you have to believe in Coinbase. It is the best that we have in terms of it is a regulated, publicly listed exchange in the US that has done everything that they possibly can to try to be a good actor and do the right things over the years. Right. I mean, the the, the securities lawsuit is a securities lawsuit and every other exchange in the US has listed these assets. So that's, you know, that's a crypto thing. That's not a Coinbase specific thing. Right. So I don't know. I, I think. Look, if you believe in crypto, you buy Coinbase and every private crypto company is completely overvalued, right? And so, you know, with Coinbase, you know, you had the opportunity to buy, you know, a, a, a company that it's peaked that will do four or five billion in revenue for eight billion dollars, right? I mean, I think it was at one point what the valuation dropped to or ten billion dollars. And they just have tons of cash. They they still they're still well capitalized. And and they're yeah, you know, they're they're building a more diversified business, right? So you know, they're, they're now starting to generate more non-transactional revenue. I mean, the question is, what does that mean? Because I think they, they bucket like staking rewards and things into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, that's, that's a good sign, right? You want, you want buying of crypto and look at, or of Coinbase and you can also go and you can look at, like, we could look at the 13F filings and actually see like our uh, real institutions buying Coinbase. And I presume they are. So real institutions are apparently buying everything crypto related that's not nailed down. Right, we've got GBTC obviously at the lowest discount. We talked about yesterday about twenty-seven percent. Bitcoin has formed a firm foundation under thirty grand. That's irrelevant. But here we are. And half a billion has poured into Bitcoin funds in the past three weeks. This from Jane Butterfill at uh, CoinShares. They had been in really a steady outflow mode, and now we're seeing a half a billion, which erased nine weeks of outflows in three weeks of inflows. But it's really important to note this is all Bitcoin. 133 million in Bitcoin, second place, 2.9 million in Ethereum. Nobody cares about anything that's not Bitcoin right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I do think it's important to note that on the sideline, while all this is happening and there's all this talk about Bitcoin, a lot of the large asset managers are going out and they're working on tokenization programs on other chains, right? There are There's tokenization actively occurring on Avalanche. There's tokenization actively occurring on Polygon. And on other chains that you wouldn't think, like Stellar, for example, has a partnership with, I believe, Franklin Templeton, uh, and um, and I'm blanking on the French bank as well that they're partnered with on tokenization too. So it's not just Bitcoin. It, you know, yes, all the Society General, I think. Yeah, Sockgen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the you know the, the the you know yes yes all the attention's on Bitcoin right now, but I think there are more things happening with traditional finance on other chains. Than we've seen in the past, and I think we'll start to see that news break in the coming months and years. Right? It's not gonna it's not gonna be overnight. But you know, yes, while the interest is all on Bitcoin, 
you know, as we've seen a million times, and I, I think I've said this before on your show, when no one's talking about crypto by Bitcoin, when everyone starts talking about Bitcoin by shitcoins, and when everyone starts talking about shitcoins, run, right? And so I think we're starting to get to the point where we're, we're in the where everyone starts talking about Bitcoin phase of the market, um, which I think means, you know, look, I think there's still more to come with Bitcoin, but I think that that's going to mean, look, alts are going to follow, right? And the reason that alts follow is because people in crypto are completely degenerate. And, you know, and because everyone's saying now there will never be another cycle and alts won't get their money, right? Well, it's it's one bit. If Bitcoin goes up to sixty grand, everyone's gonna be like, "Shit, Bitcoin already had its run. I got to go catch the next wave and throw their money in alts." We've all done it. You've done it. I've done I'm it. To do it. I was I'm ready to do it. Exactly. I'm waiting to do it. Yeah, right. But maybe now it's time to do it. I don't know. You know, we just talked about the fact that uh, Bitcoin kind of went from twenty five to thirty one on the BlackRock news. Maybe it does just chill here all summer until August when we either get an answer or the first kick down the road, and maybe you just find select little altcoins. We always have a something summer. Whether it's a DeFi summer or an NFT summer, it's July. What summer are we going to have? I, I don't know. Bitcoin summer? Yeah, boring. Maybe a so Tron boring. summer. Justin's son is, you know, all over the place for these days. Yeah, what's that? when this thing, when he starts really like appearing, it makes me a little nervous. I agree. I'm about TUSD, and then all of a sudden, like, I, he's kind of everywhere. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I was looking for it while you were talking. Vanguard buys 10% stake in Bitcoin miner Riot. So talk about. And something I completely missed the mark on mining stocks all up 3x year to date, outperforming any crypto related stock coin, which was just below, and a majority of tokens. Pretty crazy. I mean, this is Riot, Hut, Irids. I mean, it's pretty insane. Clearly, this to me means that institutions are buying everything they can that's Bitcoin adjacent in the hopes that the ETF gets approved. Is that what you think is the correct view on that? I think there's a couple of things. I think the first is that everyone thought the miners were going out of business. A lot of them, like Core Scientific, filed for bankruptcy already. Right When Bitcoin started to drop down to 16K, from speaking to a lot of the largest miners, they were profitable around 25K. So these, these And that was without all of the fees from BRC20s and all the other shit that we'll, we could talk about that have moved the amount of fees paid to miner up. But everyone thought these miners were going down. All of these lenders had really bad loans to miners. They had to take lending, mining equipment as collateral. I mean, no one was looking to buy mining equipment, right? The secondary market for mining equipment crashed. Celsius bankruptcy, they were a giant miner. All of their equipment was potentially going to go up for auction. So everyone really kind of maybe slightly overreacted to how bad everything was for miners, but things were really, really bad. And look, when Bitcoin goes from 16K to 31K, Right, if you're mining, just there you're doubling your the, the the revenue for mining. But on top of that, you know the Bitcoin network was being used a lot more uh, for things like ordinals, right? And so so the rewards getting paid to miners were even more significant than the move on Bitcoin. So I think it was partially a, a correction, uh, but also the fact that you know it should be up more than the price of Bitcoin theoretically, just in that they're making more money than you know because fees are higher. So are you saying that ordinals and BRC twenty tokens saved Bitcoin? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it probably saved some miners. Uh, Pretty crazy. And also, uh, it does kind of put at least something in place for the argument that one day all the Bitcoin will be mined and there will be no uh, miners and the network will die. If we see actual use cases for it, they can make more in the actual sort of transactional fees than they can in the mining fees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think we're going to have to figure out something at some point, but that's a problem for later. Let's not deal with it today. Uh, you're not worried about 21 
2147 or whatever. I don't, uh, I, you have to worry about much sooner dates than 2147. I mean, like, you know, mining one tenth of a Bitcoin per block or even half of it. I mean, even, even, I mean, every halving has an impact, right? It, on It doesn't have, I don't think this halving has any impact on Bitcoin price unless the narrative has an impact on Bitcoin price because every halving, when you're at 50 to 25 Bitcoin per block, right? The first halving, that's really significant. But now we're going from what, 6.25 to 3.125 Bitcoin per block. Every halving continues to have less and less of an impact on the price of Bitcoin, but it certainly has an impact on the rewards that miners are, are generating, right? I mean, now miners are probably buckling down and are like, oh shit, we have to make money for the next 12 months in anticipation for what happens. I kind of get this feeling that this has become a really crowded trade though, to buy everything Bitcoin related and that maybe that's a signal that things aren't going to be as exciting as we hoped for quite a while. I mean, we keep talking about sideways. That's what I think is going to happen too. But the more these people pile into all these things, the more I start to think we get sort of this local top and chill for a while. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, Right now, there's no massively bullish thing on the horizon other than the ETF, like that, yeah. or 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 an, a lawsuit win, right? If if some or if it turns out that Binance didn't do all the terrible things they're accused of, that's probably a good thing as well. Uh, so I think it's some SEC win uh, or this ETF getting approved are the two things that we we we. And look, I know I'm stating the obvious, right? I know everyone knows that, but I I just don't know what else it's going to be unless. You know, all of a sudden, MicroStrategy has the best quarter ever and decides that they want to, you know, and, and then buy Bitcoin. You buy Bitcoin, but you know, yeah, but I, yeah, those, you know, he just bought a metric ton, and then that yeah. doesn't move them. I mean, that may have been what was helping move the market up. I doubt it, but yeah, I think you're the one who actually pointed out the news comes out, but it was like since April they've been so yeah, it was slowly. Over a period it was over a period of three Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, or or, or you know. What I think is a positive is that people look at Bitcoin today and they go, if BlackRock can put their name on this and you get their name behind this, right? Like, why can't we? And I think what it actually does is for those that are working. So for everyone that doesn't know, all the large asset managers and hedge funds, they have a crypto guy or they have a crypto team. The challenge has been that crypto guy goes up to the senior level with ideas and then the senior people go, no, not happening. Every time he goes up with an idea, with an idea, an idea, it kind of gets shut down or it gets slow rolled or it takes a really long time. Potentially what happens with all of the tokenization initiatives and what's happening with Bitcoin is these guys start to be able to build a little bit better of a case. And they're like, well, BlackRock's doing it. They're the largest yeah. asset manager. Why are we not doing it? Right. And so I think that's also something that that's not going to take days. That's not going to take weeks. That's not even going to take months. It's going to take years. But I think it's something that's also being maybe, maybe underappreciated in the market from a longer term uh, point of view. Yeah, I'm just looking at charts across the board. I'm actually pretty surprised at the lack of volatility on everything at the moment uh, with CPI today. I think now everything, I'm starting to get the feeling that all news is priced in and now we can just trade charts. <laughs> We're going to like, uh, until we get some huge news, like you said, it's either BlackRock ETF and SEC action. Stocks now don't even care. I don't think about inflation news and CPI. I think they care for like six hours and then it's over and you go back to the chart. It just seems like nobody cares. That's what it feels like. It's it, the, the news cycle is just, it's too exhausting. There's too much. I, I think yesterday we're pointing out there's like nine Fed speakers this week. 
CPI, right? I mean, who they're all going to say different stuff. I think it's crazy that they're going to still tighten, to be quite honest. I mean, that's the, like the bleed on Bloomberg today is this. Softer U.S. inflation data unlikely to dissuade Fed from July rate, July rate hikes. Great. So what happens then? Nothing. Do you think that a rate hike in July moves the market? Certainly not the crypto market, I don't think. Yeah, look, I think it depends it depends on 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 how long term your 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 perspective is, right? So yeah, look, if they raise rates twice the rest of the year, right? What do they think? They're gonna raise fifty bit bips more or something? That's it. It's priced in. That's what I'm saying. So unless we get uh fifty in a one meeting, nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. And 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 eventually they, you know inflation is going to continue to cool. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, everything is completely unaffordable. I mean, everyone listening, you you don't need to see, you know, inflation numbers to, to realize how ridiculous things were over the last years, right? So uh, it's great that things are cool. Look at your hair. Yep. Look at his hair. That's a $50 hair, $40, $50 haircut from Supercuts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other the other thing that's kind of interesting to me, um, you know, if we, if we look at the market, Solana has has had a, a pretty big rebound, uh, up 47% over the last 30 days. Uh, Bitcoin Cash has somehow managed to continue to perform. Up yeah, what's up with that, dude? I don't know. I don't know. I, Bitcoin Cash is, it's a weird asset, right? I mean, when Bitcoin forked and Bitcoin Cash was created in 2018, right? I don't know if you remember, but Bitcoin Cash ran up to four grand. It's now trading at 280. Right. And basically every single person sold that fork and as a dividend. Right. Um, One trading weekend I can ever remember in the history of crypto. That was an awesome. That was an awesome. Uh, weeks after the fork or something. I can't remember specifically, but you could. I mean, there was like 15 to 20 percent an hour volatility on Bitcoin Cash for 48 straight hours. It was I think it, it was crazy. It was it was absolutely insane. It, I mean, it literally went up to. I don't know, pull up the chart. I mean, it went up to $4,000 and then I think it just totally got decimated. But it's a really weird asset, right? I mean, the reason, I don't fully buy the reason that people are super excited about it, which is the fact that- the, It's there a commodity, are more, that's why. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's a fork of Bitcoin. People view it as a commodity and because of that, it can be listed on all the various exchanges uh, and it can be traded by, you know, it can be traded by institutions that maybe couldn't trade other assets because it is a commodity. Um, but it doesn't do anything and it doesn't have the same narrative that Bitcoin has. I think there's a lot of insiders. And I think there's, there's a lot of mining, uh, and a lot of miners that happen to have Bitcoin cash in China that, that might be, you know, in, in some ways behind manipulation of this, this market. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, look at that run that it had. I mean, you have a yeah, lot. Right, right. Months. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me look, look. Now they've changed how you do this regular. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you play it linear, it, the yeah. volatility is insane. And look how flat it's been and how little of a move this actually is when you do it. That's, I always I look at The thing that's crazy to me is just how it's how it's maintained that 180% price move over the last 30 days. It just doesn't seem real. I, I It can't just be the narrative, right? I mean, that's the... Uh, well, because, because if, you, if we want to take that narrative, right, Light, Litecoin is in that same bucket. Litecoin over the last 180 days is up, or 30 is up 25%. So it doesn't doesn't make sense, right? Like, why not Ethereum Classic? Why are, why isn't that a commodity? Come on, guys. Uh, Ethereum Classic is up 26%. So it's actually performed exactly the same way as Litecoin, but the B BCH on its own. I mean, there was some. If you go and look at uh, liquidations, there were some liquidations on Bitcoin Cash. Open interest went up, but nothing. 
significant. I don't know. It signals to me there's more going on than we, we think there's going on. Yeah. Now, now, I, now I have to do a quick educational lesson for Ian who's asking how to change between log on TV. It used to be right here, but they changed it. You would just click on log and auto was the other one, or you go logarithmic to regular. It's over here. Click on this thing, go logarithmic to regular. See, we help people here with very important things. All right, Josh, before I let you go, so what, is there anything, to, is there a trade right now? Like, what are you watching? Is there, or is it now like we just had it? The trade was, hey, BlackRock ETF, you got a 20% move in Bitcoin in a week. I, I see. It's a really hard question. It. It's a really hard question. What the trade? I, I, mean, I don't have an idea. I think the trade right now is news, right? It's monitoring news. It see things that are going out and it's tracking narratives and seeing what the next narrative that emerges is. I think there's still some juice left in the AI trade. Uh, not in that I believe that that that's the the end all be all of 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 it's going to go straight to the moon. But I think there's going to be a lot of volatility with it AI. Uh, so I think that's something to continue to watch out for. Uh, and I would continue to watch out for a lot of crypto venture funds raise way too much cash. They have to deploy that capital. Monitor where they're deploying that because there might be a trade in wherever that capital is starting to. So yeah, right. So if they if they sort of choose a genre or an area, just follow follow the money. Didn't you yeah, say? Yeah. Uh, didn't we say that uh, we had a piece that uh, A16Z speaking of venture? Yeah, something was Where is it? Uh, Co-invested together in a new iTunes on on chain or something. I got it. I feel like I'm so fast because I've got the tie. Snoop Dogg and A16Z back Web3 music platform sounds 20 million funding round. I have 20 million funding round for A16Z is literally like they took 30 seconds of due diligence to do that. These guys need to write like three to five hundred million dollar checks for it to matter. For their I have to drop it like it's hot, but enjoy the uh, Snoop. Uh, oh, I see what you did there, guys. Follow Josh, and I think are you going to be on Spaces today? I'll be on Spaces. I'm joining about fifteen minutes late, but I'll be on. How dare you! All right, okay, thank you. And guys, obviously, since uh, you know we're about to move on in a minute to talk to Chris, you know how we do it on Wednesdays. Uh, Chris, the co-host in the back half of the show. But this time we decided to just have Chris uh, instead of bringing on a trader because la last time it didn't feel like he got his uh, proper time in my mind. But I got to obviously mention to you guys the new sponsor. If you've been reading the newsletter, it's over there. I did. I pointed the right way for the first time in history with the mirrored screen. Awesome. Melt. It was amazing. Scrolling down the bottom as well. An actual bank. And when you participate in DeFi, it is non-custodial and therefore you keep your own assets so you can't get rug pulled like celsius and blockfi and voyager if you click on the link down below it'll take you ooh, weep, weep, to the early access pass to basically sign up get on the waiting list for it to start so you can do that down below you just sign up and check it out sign up and check it out because you love me tell them i sent you and now without further ado to move on to more about charts and trades and to get perspective on the market i mentor chris Ames. what's up man hey what's going on scott how you doing man Good, man. Glad to see you because we just were talking a whole lot and I, I saw you came right on and I was kind of pointing to the fact that I think right now is going to be one of those great technical times <laughs> where we can just kind of look because everybody's searching for a narrative when we just had one. Yeah. And so, you know, now, now is one of those times that like we're all like it's going to be so boring and it just goes to 40,000. Yeah, definitely, you know, definitely a possibility. Um, you know, if we look here at the, you know, the DXY here, um, this is actually the dollar futures chart. What was that? It's falling off a cliff. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, CPI numbers just came in. I was talking about yesterday on my show, and uh, I mentioned how we were probably going to get uh, lower, especially on core inflation, which was the important part because of the uh, the used car prices dropping. And uh, man, oh, man, you know, it didn't it didn't uh, cease to impress. We got down below. They were, I think they were expecting some like uh, five expecting five, and it went four point eight on yeah, core. Four point eight, yeah. yeah. But even but even there was a huge drop there with the headline CPI. I mean, man, you know, we were looking at going from four to three point one, and what it came at three point or something. I mean, yeah. we even missed on that, and it was it's huge. So yeah, you know, Fed probably going to raise the interest rate still. I think they're kind of committed to that. Um, well, I can't say I'd be surprised if they didn't, but really, I think they're committed to it. So I think we get this quarter point rate hike. But man, this does a lot of uh, a lot of damage to that idea. They have to keep rate, you know, have to keep hiking. And so when their next one comes up, you know, you've got more CPI. If you see it continue to drop, especially at core CPI, um, I, I don't think they have a whole lot of reason why they would keep, you know, keep uh, keep raising that. So, you know, as long as their uh, you know stuff keeps coming in like this, we can expect the dollar to continue to drop. And so here we are. We've got this nice uh, large uh, descending channel here coming down. Um, you know, from that all-time high. And then locally, we've got this huge kind of uh, barrier triangle, descending triangle here. Uh, we'll probably get, you know, if I'm looking here, we'll probably get a bounce here and then the drop through maybe. But uh, this this is, you know, we're right here around that 100.7 area right now. You know, 100's huge. 100's big, you know, psychological level. It's a tens number. It's a, it's a zeros number. Uh, you know, I mean, it just... It's just begging to be cracked. And when it cracked, I mean, you can see we've been going sideways since the first touch way over here on uh, February, the beginning of February. So, you know, however many months that is, because I can't count really well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is that, about six months or so, seven months, something yeah, like that? See the low there was, gee, it looks like 30th of January, 1st of February-ish. Yeah. Five months. And, and you see, we've hit it multiple times, and so I'm just expected to kind of come on through. So nothing's changed there. Uh, with that, anything dollar-based, you know, uh, price-wise is going to get a lot of pressure taken off it. Um, so, you know, to me, that signals, hey, we've got some upside coming for, you know, Bitcoin and crypto and and uh, stocks and whatnot overall. Yeah. I, I mean, I just had this DXY chart. I thought it was going to break down on this sort of head and shoulders. This is a weak left shoulder, of course. But now he kind of looks like you have a complex head and shoulders and still is just going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Heading down toward those low 90s area. You know, same thing I've been talking about since, gosh, I guess since we hit that top up there. So I, I feel good about it. I like it. It doesn't mean things happen overnight. I think a lot of people hear this and they go, oh, my God, tomorrow or today. Uh, but, again, I do think we'll likely get a bounce here uh, for a little bit, and then we'll get the follow-through lower. And then it's going you know, to be a strong move down. It's a third wave, third of a third wave. So, yeah. Um, gapped up big time, I just saw. Excuse me, do what? I just happened to see the SPX gapped up pretty big today. Now, I guess no surprises there on that uh, on, on that news. So, so what are you looking at with Bitcoin? Are we still looking at the same kind of targets? I there in the low 40s, maybe even. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's changed there. Um, right now, you know, we're still sideways. You know, you, you don't enter uh, into a trade here. We're basically uh, around the mid-range here of, of, the, uh, of this range that we've been in for a few weeks. It's not a good place to enter. You're usually looking for some kind of reaction or follow through at the swing low or the swing high before you enter. But, um, you know, I, I think we might get a move up toward the top of the range, pull back and then break out. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a one, two, one, two here. So wave circle three right up there around 43, 380. We're, I mean, you know, 
just so you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I think a lot of people go on here, they go, oh, that's what you have to do. That's what you think is going to happen. We well, yeah, that's what I think, but there's always uh, invalidations and whatnot. So I could see a potential dip down below the swing low here to tag the uh, daily pivot area and then rally up. But if we're falling impulsively through this daily pivot and we close below it, like on a four hour time frame, I think there's a good chance we come on down here maybe to 27.3 or maybe uh, even um, 26.4 down here. But to me, all that is, that they would just be a one and a two, and then, then we've got three up. So nothing more than what we've had here along the way, which are just pullbacks before we rally higher. So that that's the complete way how I'm looking at it. You know, if we do a pullback, I'm not worried about it. Here's where I'm looking. Here's where do you worry? That, so that was going to be my next question. For me, it's if we retrace that entire BlackRock move and go like below 25 and start clo closing candles. Then I would be I would start to be concerned that I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Until for me, until it actually breaks down below this swing low here. So what is this? That's at 24, 25,000. Yeah. So yeah, until we actually break down there, um, I'm not even worried about it. If we do that, I mean, you know, again, I've, I've talked about the possibility that the other option was maybe this is a leading diagonal here. So we go one, two, three, four, five. Right, and we're there. Yeah. But if it's a diagonal, you should be getting a strong reaction drop off the, you know, when you hit that swing high. Yeah. And we're just going sideways. So that really puts that low on my list of, of possibilities of what's going on right now. Okay, so then what are you looking at beyond this? Because I, I agree with you, Bitcoin's not tradable. I've been saying, I mean, you just can't touch it. Yeah. Here, you know, like, well, Doesn't make any sense, yeah. yeah. Unless you're like on a five-minute time frame or something. <laughs> yeah, So right. I mean, I was, I was laughing. I mean, the five-minute today at least did, uh, oh, it's down at that. When you look at the five-minute, which is this, it does look really exciting. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, you got the pump on. It's weird. I mean, it's always this case, though, even when you look on low time frames, that the first reaction to any of these big news events is wrong. Yeah, yeah. It pumped right up to 31,000, which, by the way, it should be a bullish thing, and then all of a sudden dumps. It's just always wrecks everybody on both sides. Always volatile. Always volatile around news events. That's why I usually try to stay out at those times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I've got a couple of things I'm watching here. I've got this uh, Wi-Fi USDT here. This is the weekly chart. Uh, I think this gives us probably a pretty awesome uh, opportunity down here to buy. If we can break out through 11.210, that's going to confirm that. And we've got a minimal expected target of 21.260. But that's just on the way up higher. At, at that point, I would expect us to take out the swing high and, you know, continue heading up on there. So um, right now, I want to see it break out above this uh, 11.210 to really get excited about it. But like I said, that gives us a minimal expected target right there, 21,260. And that just sets the stage for, you know, much further up overall on that. Anything else you're looking at? Yeah, man, I got two more here. I got, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, Meta's over 300. Wow. Crazy. Oh, they're all doing great, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got INJ USDT here weekly again. Um, it looks like we're doing, uh, one, two, three, four. Then we got one, two, three, four. So we got a fifth wave. I'm thinking we're headed up here to this R2 pivot area on the on the weekly, right around thirteen dollars and ten cents or so. Um, and a rejection there will pull us back down to this, uh, you know, this R1 pivot or a little bit below it, right in this area. The what is that? Seven dollars and fifteen, seven dollars and twenty cents. And then again, you know, it's going to be off to the races after that for INJ. INJ's been that one's just been doing great here off the. Uh, off that swing low from last year, off that June, yeah, July it area. had this break too. I mean, Friday when you, uh, you know, descending, I mean, that's a pretty clean, you know, one, two, three, four. Yeah. 
five of touches up, perfect retest, and just moving off, right? So yeah, yeah, that that to me is one of my favorite charts right now as well. Oh yeah, been loving it. It's been great. Yeah. Um, and here's the remember Theta? <laughs> I it's dude, I I do. I actually clicked. I saw that it was like uh, maybe it was one of the trending coins today, or I just happened to I was scrolling through the screener and it was up like seven or eight percent when everything else was kind of flat. So I, I did notice that today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it's doing pretty good here. Uh, looks like we've got a one two one two setting up. It gives us this interior wave three minimum expected target around eighty eight and a half cents. Uh, gives us that larger wave three up here around a dollar sixteen. Um, and you know, again, that just kind of sets up further movement up. By the way, that's a initial target of a dollar sixteen secondary target. It'll probably hit the secondary target about a dollar thirty uh, because it looks like we're going to get some overextension here um, as we get to this wave three. So I think it'll probably get up there to about a dollar thirty. Um, and again, that's just you know setting up the start on the way to the higher moves up. So. Want to see something hilarious here? I, I I love to open these charts, the like of names you bring up that I haven't looked at in a long time. And then you bring it up, and it looks like this: eight dollars and sixty cents, six dollars, four dollars forty cents, two dollars twenty. Where you have to that was obviously wrong. Where you have to scroll down to find the price action because you have just to kept going. Along. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, looking on the week, I bet that's going to be a bullish divergence there. Have you even checked? Oh, yeah, that? I like that, man, and I like where that low comes in. If you look left over, it is. There, I knew it would be. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that. Yeah. Oh no, not quite actually. That was a lower low. I thought. I mean, you kind of have a long one here. It's probably there, like on the monthly. But yeah, pretty. That's a pretty nice low off of this right here, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I love. Yeah, I love the area that it's finding there. I like the reaction. So you know, we're looking for it to just kind of continue up through that. I mean, you gotta love that. Look at that. Yep. That's beautiful. Just need that part. I haven't even thought of it. And now I'm just like, sorry, I'm going to put your screen back on. And yeah, oh, so got that kind of thing going on. Yeah, there you go. I just got on a little charting screen there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you know, that's the way it was for a lot of mine as well. You know, we kind of pull it in there, uh, especially these older coins that we've been looking at. You and I have been trading for, you know, years. And you kind of then, did, you know, it's bear market. And then it was all the new stuff prior to that. And you kind of look at it and you go, dang, okay. It just kept on falling there. But, Mark oh, Ferris said that any, oh, sorry, Mark Ferris, does anyone know which volume profile indicator that is? I can't find one that ties itself to the right edge like that. Is that just standard VPVR or do you have a special one? No, no, no. That's just the VPVR or the visual range. Yeah. VPVR, yeah. Mark. That's what it's called. I don't think you can it find it anymore typing in VPVR like we used to. I think you have to type in visual range now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changed a lot on trading you actually in the last few few weeks, but it's really great because it uh, gives you another sort of way to use volume to look at uh, resistance and support. Because yeah, look at it. It, it tells you where the market's interested. You know that there's a bunch of people trying to probably get out of an old position they've been sitting in forever. <laughs> Wait, we try and get out of it? I thought we just let it go to zero and then complain about it. Well, that too. That too. Oh. <laughs> try to see. Someone was asking... Uh, Brian wants to know, will Link ever go up again? Oh, Brian, uh, man. Brian, check this out, man. Check this chart. I bet you have chart. to link out. Look I thought that. I saw it up there. <laughs> Look at that right there. I, I think Link is in one of the most epic accumulations and will oh. just absolutely moon when finally everyone's asking that question. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks just primed right now. I mean, I look at that structure. It looks, I mean, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed, but man, when I'm looking at that, that volume price relationship and um, how we've got going on there. I mean, that looks like clear accumulation. Uh, again, 
and it's coming at you know this this significant area here right this this resistance support right here um we just hit this high volume node area so you know pop above that man there we go probably rally up toward the the swing high here at around nine and a half pull back and then probably break out after that but uh yeah man i've been talking about that one for months i love that uh one of my favorites to you know to be talked about everybody freaked out when it dropped down below when it broke down it was like oh yeah look i told you it was gonna go down it's dead it's going to zero and it like squeaked just a little bit there and then it went sideways and then back up <laughs> yeah i mean i'm looking at it on the weekly and it has that perfect view you outlined it there but that spring yeah I mean, I'm trying to uh, just show people what we're talking about here. You kind of have it, but if you even just look at this entire thing as a range, right? Yep. I would pull it maybe like that. I mean, this is such a nice fake out. You know, volume went up below the range from being completely dead. That's going to go up. <laughs> yeah, by the way, guys, that, that structure you've got there that Scott was just pointing out, you've got the large candle down, the little doji, and then the large candle back up. Um, most often when you see that, um, at the end of a, uh, in this case, we're coming down. So at the end of a downtrend, it usually indicates uh, a low has been put in, uh, that you've got some kind of reversal going on. Of course, nothing is guaranteed 100% of the time, but usually if you see that, or if it's going up and you see the opposite, where you see a big candle up, little doji, and then big it candle back down, yeah, it's there goes a kind of reversal going on there. So more to add on to that possibility, but man, love the link chart. That is one of my favorites. I, I, I'm not even sure if I love the chart or the question more. Will it ever go up again? Makes the chart look so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So love it, man. It's 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 great. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. We we sit here, we look at. Uh, I've got. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. I've got my uh, my uh, S and P futures here. The mini, the E minis. Yeah, I mean. We just continue doing, you know, again, I've got this target kind of up here around 45, 72 and a quarter. We've got a pattern target up here at about uh, 46, 41.50. Um, you know, overall, it's just, let me kind of zoom out here to the weekly here real quick, kind of get rid of some of this other stuff. Well, I mean, you know, again, the same thing I've been talking about, everybody's kind of giving me a hard time about when I said it looked like we may have that bottom down there. We're doing an ABC. Um, well, there's divergence all over the place. I oh, man, that. it's just, yeah, you know, it's crazy. And here we go, we continue to go up, and people have been arguing, you know, like Bitcoin. They've been arguing since the lows. It's going to, you know, it's going to go down, it's going to go down. They missed all this movement. I mean, here we are uh, above that, you know, the daily. Here we are above the weekly pivot. I mean, man, it's hard to say that there's anything macro-wise that's more bullish than what we're seeing there, especially this movement up off this weekly pivot. We, we broke out above it. Um, you know, pulled back, retested his support, rallied up here almost to the R1 pivot. I mean, this is just about as bullish as it gets on that large time frame. So it's not that it's going to continue going straight up from here, but, you know, we're probably nearing a, nearing a reversal point, probably, uh, and then we'd look for it to pull back a bit. But, man, it should stay above that weekly pivot. And uh, when you get that pullback, if you want to enter, if it's coming back down there toward that weekly pivot, that's where you're looking for that reversal. You want to be in on that. There's nothing I see on any, this is what scares me. There's nothing I see on any chart that I've looked at that indicates anything other than that the bottoms are in everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and but again, you know, I see. It doesn't, I mean, that could be, a, God knows, yeah. But. You know, they, they don't know, but, you know, nothing's guaranteed, guys. Absolutely anything can happen, and we're giving you our opinions based on what's going on and what we know from past experience. But, you know, at this point, if the bottom's not in, uh, you should be of mind that price has to actually show you. 
you know, the chart has to actually show you. It has to, it, the onus is on the chart now to prove that the bottom's not in because everything in its grandmother, every kind of indicator we're looking at basically screaming, the bottom's likely in. So, um, you know, man, look how close we are to the all-time high. It's, it's crazy. Right Same here. Door. Knocking on what the door. Dip? What what interest rate hikes? What dip? <laughs> but, I yeah. mean, now, to be fair, historically, you know, if you get like a major recession or depression, you do get these mind-melting sort of bull rallies that go pretty close to the highs. It even happened, I think, in 29 in the Great uh, Depression. Sure, sure. And And here's the thing. You know, again, if we're looking at this, um, you know, if I'm, I'm thinking this is a wave three and we're on this wave four here, but there's multiple ways this could play out. It could be done here, ABC down and we go up. It could be a flat. So we get ABC down, we get ABC up toward the, uh, the all-time high, maybe even peaking out a bit. And then we get five waves back down to the swing low or a little bit lower, right? Could be a triangle. So we get ABC down as A, we'll get ABC up as B, then we'll have to do C, D, E, and then we break out. So these are things I've been talking about for months as well. Uh, because I'm looking at this as a fourth wave, and so there's multiple ways this could play out, and it's gonna kill people. You know, if if it's if it's a flat or even a triangle, people are already falling over themselves because they can't figure out what's going on. They got everybody yelling recession and all this stuff, so they think, oh my god, it's got to go down. But at the same time, price every time it looks like it's gonna go down, it does a little bit, then you get ready to do it, and then it goes back up, and you're like, what the heck, right? Yeah. So, um, really tough. Well, need to know your pivot setting. I think. It's yeah, they're just um auto. Auto and and I just use there's multiple different pivots guys. Uh, I put out a pivots master course, but um, I just use traditional pivots and just on auto. And uh, we I run with that. I learned you know when I was using them for years alone just by themselves. Uh, I've learned to, to to read them that way. So for me that's yeah, I keep saying for people who are new like it's just the best because oh, you don't have to draw them. Happen. You don't have to argue about them. They're just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're there to help you. They're there to be your best friend. <laughs> absolutely anything else you're looking at before we go oh uh, let me see here um the answer can be no it's fine yeah i'm just trying to see if i got anything up here it's really worth kind of looking at um i mean we we can jump here to uh litecoin real quick yeah here. give us litecoin one more because we were talking about that with josh and he was saying you know he's sort of surprised why has bitcoin cash pumped so hard when litecoin's only up 27 percent and bitcoin cash is doing multiples yeah yeah um Litecoin, I mean, for me, uh, it looks like we've got this one, two, one, two kind of going on here. So, you know, your initial three, about $145. Uh, your larger degree three up here at around 157 and a half. Um, and that's kind of where I'm looking right now for this to go up. Uh, I want to see an impulsive breakout here above this uh, hourly pivot. If we can do it this week, that's right there at around 101, almost $102. But uh, if we jump out here to the daily, you can see that we're just, you know, we're flirting with the daily pivot here. So if we get this pop up here and come up through the top of this uh, swing high in this range here right around, what is that there? That's 105.72. When we pop that, you know, then we should be good to go on those higher movements up. But, you know, again, you know, Litecoin was the one that I was talking about back here um, most recently in this uh, October, November area about, you know, wanting to be long. That one is right around 50. And so, um, you know, this has been another gray one that we've been in. And then we just had kind of this sideways consolidation. Now that we get some movement out of it. But uh, like you said, man, it's hard to find charts that are really kind of screaming bearish, much less kind of hinting bearish. Um, everything seems to be 
pointing to the upside. So, you know, what do we do as traders? We play the charts, man. You know, don't worry about what everybody else is talking about. Don't worry about the news and whatnot. Play the charts until they show you something different. At least you've got an opportunity to get in then, other than sitting on the sidelines, you know, kicking yourself because it keeps going up without you and you're too scared to get in, right? Talk about pain. Yeah. You got it, man. All right. Well, uh, you know, Twitter spaces. We got to get you on Twitter spaces. Yeah, man. Keep you down because we always, uh, yeah, there's like days when there's no huge news cycle and we just want to talk about the market and things are happening. It's a little strange of a forum, obviously, because you can't show your charts in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Get you on there. Sure, man. Definitely. Awesome, man. We're going to do that for sure. All right, man. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining. We'll see you next Wednesday. Sounds good, man. It's a deal, man. Appreciate it. Stay bullish, my friends. Take care, guys. All right, guys. That's all I got for you today. Of course, going over to Twitter Spaces in a moment. Uh, I believe we've got Raul Paul today, Peter Brandt on Twitter Spaces. So uh, should be another pretty epic one over there. And of course, uh, mark your calendars. But now my brain is... Uh, not getting the date, but for the 26th, uh, I would be interviewing RFK uh, over on Twitter Spaces. That's all I got for you guys today. I will be back, of course, tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in and check out Melt. Peace. That's dope.